0: This is a Hoff Studios podcast. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 Welcome to another edition of a Total Degenerate Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ellison. Um, The George Carlin special uh, documentary uh, on HBO uh, is fantastic. I normally like to start on something negative, but today we're going to actually start on something positive. Uh, Anybody that knows me knows that I am a huge Massive George Carlin fan. Um, seeing uh, You are All Diseased. I, I believe it was actually, no, that's not true. I saw You are All Diseased later. But his special complaints and grievances. Uh, it came out right after, just after 9-11. Like, very shortly after 9-11. And it was one of the funniest things hours of stand-up I remember ever watching I still re-watch it sometimes because it's that unbelievably hysterically funny I mean the man was he's just one of the best of all time and he went through such a crazy transformation in his career uh he started out as like you know you know, he started out in in the '60s and stuff, and he was doing like variety shows, and he wore a suit, and everything was all proper, and his jokes were all very, um, you know, mild to put it lightly. You know, he didn't, uh, he wasn't the type of person that uh, pushed the uh, envelope at all. You know, he didn't. Uh, He wasn't doing risky comedy at that point. He was doing comedy, but he was doing very soft, family-friendly type of stuff. And then later on, you know, he got into the uh, counterculture type of, you know, the hippie shit. Kind of grew his hair out a little long. And uh, that's, you know, that's when he started becoming more the George that became George uh, you know, the icon, the the fucking legend. But even then, like, it it the documentary just goes into it more. I'm not gonna give the whole thing away. Obviously, uh, it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, if especially if you're a comedy fan like me, uh, or just, you know, George Carlin fan in general. Lots of good uh rare footage and old stuff, like old stuff that you wouldn't necessarily find if you just scoured the internet yourself and he's just you know I mean god man that guy he just had this unbelievable ability to just turn just churn out material not turn out churn out churn out material I mean everything and he just punched everything up so well his his uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm just, like, I'm still kind of blown away by how much I enjoyed that documentary, and I highly recommend it to any comedy fan, and it's motivating. As, like, a comedian, like, I finished watching it, and last night, I took a half day, and I went right to a mic, like, I was like, I gotta, fuck, man, like, you ever want to be half as good as this fucking guy, you gotta, you know, and I... A quarter is good. A quarter is good as Carlin. You got to fucking put the work in, you know, so I I immediately was like, yeah, I got to get to a mic. And, you know, it's like. It's like a fucking drug addict who just like recognizes that they got to get to the N.A. meeting, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it's like for comedians after you watch something like that, you just immediately go, yeah, I got to get I got to get to the. I got to get to the place where uh things kind of make sense to me and I can make sense of stuff and I got to try this new joke that I wrote about online dating and blah 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 blah. But it's uh highly recommended. I believe Judd Apatow uh directed it. Um tons of great interviews with, you know, all sorts of, you know, comedians uh Bill Burr, Patton Oswalt and Many others. So uh yeah. Highest of recommendations on HBO Max Now. Uh believe it's called George Carlin's American Dream. It's it's unbelievable. And it it gives you a lot into because that one thing about Carlin, uh was that he didn't really like unlike, you know, another legend like Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor talked about his personal life on stage, you know. He would get into things. I mean the famous story of him setting himself on fire because he was smoking crack. Uh, he does that whole bit on stage, and it's a it's a great bit. It's a great joke. So funny. Fire is motivating, like <laughs> you know. I mean, but you know, he Pryor would talk about his personal life on stage, and that's not what Carlin did at all. Carlin would talk about culture. He would talk about, you know, certain people, current events and stuff like that. But he didn't really ever want to get into, uh, you know, what was going on with him and his family. So to be able to see that kind of background and recognize, I mean, there's certain things that, you know, if you were a fan of his like I was, you kind of always knew that uh, Georgie boy wasn't. uh, He liked his cocaine. George liked cocaine a lot. It's very, uh, you know, that's a publicly documented thing. Uh, You know, his heart uh, basically is what, I mean, is basically what ended up killing him in a way because his heart fucking gave out on him pretty early in life. I think he had a heart attack in his 40s, his first one, like, 46 or something 45 around that age which is pretty young to be having a fucking heart attack and you know and he's not like it's not like he was some big fat fuck he just I mean he put enough fucking booger sugar up his nose to fucking kill a small family you know I mean it's crazy it's kill a small country not a small family he could have yeah I mean the dude was, he was living that rock star life, you know, and it gets into the whole thing. His wife was an alcoholic and, you know, the the good, the bad and the ugly of what was going on in their personal lives. And, you know, how, you know, he was, he was not always like financially well off, even when he did get successful, like, you know, the money would come and then the money would go. So he was no uh, financial, it, it's just It's a really, really great look into the life of um, the greatest, if, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. And, you know, it's, it's amazing, too, how much of his material still, like, resonates and translates to current time. Like, it would be great to have him right now because we are living in a, pretty wild time where um you know there's these two extreme polarized political thing you know groups going on and there's just a lot of absurdity and a lot of uh great just great material that to be pulled from. And and you know, that's not like you know, for the most part, if you've been listening to this, you know, I mean I did a rant about a cheap lady who had coupons for about 20 minutes last week. And, you know, if you ever heard my stand up, I really don't um, do a lot of political humor and stuff like that. But that was Carlin's wheelhouse. He he was the guy who was always scrutinizing American culture and American politics and the way Americans dealt with their problems and. All of that, and so I just think that this would be an amazing time to have him. It's a, it's a fucking shame that he's gone, but I mean, it wasn't like he died. You know, it wasn't like he was uh f- fucking forty five and he flipped over his vet. He was he was seventy, and he had, you know, spent uh, a large portion of his young life between you know, I guess sometime in his twenties or thirties to basically you know basically spent 20 years of his early life uh, sniffing fucking, you know, gram after gram of coke. I mean, they talk about in the documentary how there'd be times where he wouldn't sleep or eat for like six days. He would just stay awake, just tweaking the fuck out for like an entire week. Like, what the fuck? You know, so when you do that, for uh an extended period of time um yeah things aren't gonna work out uh you know 70 was a pretty long you know long time for him to live uh but you know just the way the culture is now he he would be a great voice to have and that's what i like i still find it amazing that jokes that he was making still you know they still resonate and uh You know, uh, I still am bummed out that he's dead, but goddamn, man, one of the best, one of the fucking best of all time, and it's just an awesome look into the man's life and his contribution to comedy. So check it out. Uh, It was awesome. I got a new hero in uh, Japan. Man, is an absolute legend to my mind. And if there's anything, I, I kind of want to start. I don't know if what the charges are going to be against him. Uh, <laughs> I'll just read the headline first. Uh, man in Japan gets Towns COVID funds, and he gambles it all away. Uh, allegedly, uh, this man... Let me tell you his name. I'm gonna butcher it. taguchi S H O T A G U C H I. So Sho I'm I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, sir. But you are a legend in my mind. You are a hero. He's a 24 year old unemployed resident of the town of the town of Abu in western Japan. And apparently what happened was the government uh, was sending out some COVID relief money to the local area. And Mr. Show was on the list of residents to get a little bit of money. Um, And it ended up that the problem was they sent the entire fund to show. So they sent him. 46.3 million yang, which is the equivalent of three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And. After numerous requests from the local government for show to send the money back, he uh, ignored them. And over the course of 10 days, he. uh, Pissed all the money away, gambling it. And now they arrested him. I uh, I hear this story. And it sounds like this man. Uh, he was uh, not trying to be selfish. He was trying to be selfless. He was thinking for the overall group here. OK. So according to the article that I'm reading here. Everybody that was involved in the everybody the funds were supposed to be dispersed, and it was supposed to be like seven hundred and eighty bucks, which is a hundred thousand yang uh per household, so everybody was supposed to get like seven hundred and eighty bucks, but instead they sent the whole three hundred and sixty thousand to show, and show was like well what's 780 bucks really changing in any of our lives you know what i mean like things are expensive now i mean i don't know what the gas prices are looking like over in japan but things ain't cheap no matter I, i'm sure you know all of this you know shit's affecting them too in some way shape or form i don't do research so whatever show is looking out for everybody he was thinking, okay, 780 bucks, it's a nice amount of money. Sure, it's nothing to, nobody's going to say no to it. No, but it, is it changing your life drastically? That's it? That's the COVID relief? How about we take a small chunk of it, if not basically all of it, and let it ride on black? You know what I mean? Let's try to double this shit up. Let's try to make some real fucking money here. That's all he was trying to do. He was thinking for the betterment of the group. But obviously you got to have one leader. You can't send everybody into the casino because then everybody's going to have an opinion. What are we going to play? Blackjack? Roulette? Craps? No, just let show handle it. And he'll take, and he's going to take care of business. But now apparently they arrested him. He blew that all in ten days. They they article goes on to say, what does it say here? they um. They did not disclose the amount of money that he had allegedly gambled away. However, they do believe that it was most of it. There was only $530 left in his bank account after the 10 days from the transfer. (sighs) You know, really, isn't this like somebody in the government's fault? Honestly, somebody... This isn't on show. Show shouldn't have been arrested. He's just fucking... He's just doing... What any reasonable man would have done when they're giving a large sum of money that doesn't belong to them. You try to fucking roll the dice, you let it ride, and you see what you can make out of it. That's not on him. You know? I mean, you can't... He's 24. He's unemployed. He's got... You know what I mean? He's got a... He's got his whole, he's got his whole life ahead of him, and you guys want to shit on him because he tried to what? Because he played a little poker. I don't even know what he played. That's the one problem in this article too. What was he playing? You know what I mean? Did he play something where you know there's a little bit of skill? Was he playing a little hold'em? I think that matters. I do think that matters a little bit. You know, if he just threw it all on a fucking number at the roulette wheel, then I can understand being a little upset. Though you can hit for some nice odds. You can hit for some nice odds, and he took a stab. You know what I mean? Like, what what else is he supposed to do? What else is he supposed to do when you wake up one day and you see you have $360,000 in your bank account that wasn't there the day before? How are you going to react? You know what I mean? Are you just going to sit there and be like, oh, I better find the rightful owner. This this would be irresponsible of me. No. What's the fun in that? You're going to fucking ball out. You're going to go a little wild. You're going to think about how do I get my money to make me money? Because it's his money now. It's in his bank account. He didn't even put it there. It's not like he stole a check. He didn't write himself off a check. He woke up one day, checked his bank account, and there was all this money. And he didn't waste any time. And in fairness, yeah, he, he, it, t- it took him 10 days to spend it all. That's not a long time. He didn't sit around and pussyfoot about. He wasn't trying to live off this money. He was trying to double it up. He was looking out for everybody. And what would they have done if he won? What happens if he won? You know what I mean? You're only arresting him because he lost. And that is that fair? I don't think that's fair. What happens if he won? Are you still going to arrest him? If he doubled it up and he gave all the money that he was supposed to give back Does he get to keep the winnings? Are you really going to put him in jail? It was a short-term loan. It didn't work out. He had a business venture in mind, and it didn't work out. You know, all right, I get it. It was supposed to be some sort of COVID subsidy for low-income households. But Show's a low-income guy. He doesn't even have money. He doesn't have a job. You know, I mean, get rich or die trying. Like, that's all he's trying to do here. The poor guy's in jail. I mean, we got to figure out how to get him out. Let's get him out. Let's get him extradited. Can we get extradition? <laughs> Can we? I want to help show this is my cause now. I want to help the guy who gambled away all the COVID money. I just think it's unfair. You know what I mean? That just, that's, that's how I feel. And to think otherwise, you, you know, you're just being unreasonable. It really is unreasonable to say that this guy had some sort of social responsibility to return the funds to the rightful owners. It's not his fault. The the people who fucked it up, who sent the money all to him, they're the ones that should be held accountable. What the fuck are you doing? You had one job. You had one job. Take this money, divide it up, and send it to all these people. And instead, you sent it to one of them. Who fucked that paperwork up? Who, you know, somebody got lazy. Somebody wanted to get the fuck out of the Dodge that day. You know what I mean? It was like, ah, oh, it's Friday. I want to go to happy hour. I'm just, you know what, fuck it. And just scribbled some shit down on the paper. Shoved the fucking paperwork into wherever it needed to go. And then it got all fucked up. That's on them. That's not on my boy show here. He's just trying to make a buck. It's a shame. You know, it's a real shame when you hear a story like that. Just a good young man. Just know what his priorities are. That's all it was. Memorial Day is right around the corner. It's, uh, <clears throat> you know, for a lot of us, it's just the day to have a barbecue and eat some hot dogs and drink a couple of cold ones. But it's about remembering uh, those who uh, died in active service to uh, defend our country, to uh, allow us to be free. It's a beautiful sentiment, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, I I know this country could be fucked up. I know it's far from perfect, but there's no place I'd rather live. There's no place I'd rather be. Uh, I do believe I live in the best country in the world. I love my country. I love the United States of America. I am a patriot. I'm like Mel Gibson at in the movie, not uh, like Mel Gibson in real life. I'm not. I should make that clear. I'm not a anti-Semitic drunk Australian who threatens to kill his wife on a voicemail. No, I am like his character in the movie The Patriot, where I would run with an American flag into battle, sort of speak. And when I say battle, I, I mean like I I'd, I'd do it on a street somewhere or something. Not with people shooting at me, but, you know, um, it is kind of weird that he's like our, he's the symbol of patriotism. And All right, well, you know, listen. I'm not a anti-Semitic Australian drunk, but I am a red, white, and blue loving motherfucker. I am a patriotic dude, and I appreciate the sacrifice of all those men and women who have died in the line of duty to give me this freedom to deliver pizzas and scream into a microphone. And uh, I think with that being said, you should, uh, you know, recognize my patriotism by telling all your friends, your family, Co-workers, even people you don't like. You tell them you subscribe, rate, and review to a Total Degenerate podcast. You find the uh, the podcast Instagram at a Total Degenerate podcast on, you know, Instagram. Mel Gibson, not such a great guy. But his character in that movie is a pretty good guy. He didn't even really like have slaves in the movie, even though basically everybody in the South had slaves. Mel Gibson's character in the movie. Now they worked there as free men. You know, he he treated them like family. They weren't allowed to leave or anything, but he treated them like family. He didn't have slaves. I thought that was one of the biggest plot holes of that movie. Like you could have just shown that like he wasn't like a total piece of shit to his slaves, but they were nevertheless slaves. You know what I mean? Like. That's the way it was done in the South. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying, can we be historically accurate? (laughs) I just can't believe that. That's the symbol. Hey, I'm a lot like Mel Gibson. That's not, no, 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 Mike, no. I'm not really anything like Mel Gibson, which is why you should listen to my podcast. That's a good reason. Like, when people go... What? Why am I listening to this podcast? Be like, well, he's not like Mel Gibson. He's never uh, gone on a drunken uh, anti-Semitic rant, nor is he uh, threatened to kill his ex-wife. Does Mike have an ex-wife? No, but if he did have an ex-wife, he wouldn't threaten the murderer in a drunken stupor on her voicemail. But, hey, I am a patriot. I am patriotic. I do love my country. And that's something that, you know, you should tell my soon-to-be listeners that you're going to help me get. So get out there. Spread the gospel. Add a Total Degenerate podcast on Instagram. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Say nice things. I appreciate it as always. And, you know, thank you. Facebook's a real dump. It's a real dump of social media at this point. I don't think when Zuckerberg was sitting there stealing people's ideas in a college dorm room, pounding beers, that this was his idea. I mean, but it's gotten, it's become a real cesspool of just absolute disgusting, obnoxious behavior, and especially in these local community groups. I mean, I get a little entertainment out of it, no doubt about it, but I am so sick and tired of people that write these paragraphs in these local community groups that think that they're like a difference maker. I'm, you know, I'm here making a difference and it's always to just make themselves out to be some sort of fucking hero. This lady, she's like, my flight got delayed. I got home to MacArthur. Needed to drive home to Saville. It was 1 in the morning. It was 1 o'clock in the morning. And we saw, me and my husband, we saw a man and a woman. They had a ladder and flags. And they were walking down Main Street at 1 o'clock in the morning. So we knew they were up to something. We thought they were up to no good. So what are you, a fucking detective now? So the story ends up going fucking nowhere, by the way, because they weren't up to no good. It was somebody just hanging flags for the town. And then she like And it's like and then it's just like a big suck off fest of just being like, ah, oh, it was so so and so. And she's just out there doing her part for the community. And it's like, oh, no, you're so great. You're looking out, too, for the community. Yeah, I do look out for the community. So do I. We care so much about this community, and we got to let everybody know how much we care about the community. Let me tell you something now. I grew up in this local town for a very long time. I don't really give a fuck about the community, okay? And no, neither do they. I'm just honest about it. That's the truth. I mean, I don't want anybody to die. I don't want anyone's livelihoods to be ruined or stores to be robbed or smashed, smashed in windows, but I don't really care about the fucking community, all I care is that I can, I have a job, and I can go to it, I can make my money, and I can go home, and I can fucking sleep on my couch, whatever it is, you know what I mean, like, I don't fucking get these people that want to make it seem like they have some sort of great responsibility, and this great kindness and care For their local community. It's all bullshit. It's all self-serving. And it's disgusting. Just be honest with yourself. You don't really give a shit. Because nobody really does. Everybody's got their own problems. I got to start caring about what's going on. With downtown Main Street. I got to sit there and pretend. That I care what's going on. At every local business. If you were paying me to do it. Sure. Sure, that's a different story. That's a different ball game. But to just sit there and act like you are some fucking great pillar of the community and then post a self-serving, obnoxiously long story about it that you and your husband were, you were on the lookout. And that's like the ironic part at the end of the story is they were on the lookout because they thought They were up to no good. But then the person, the people hanging the flags, they saw the car and they went, what are these people doing out at one in the morning? They're up to no good. So then they were both just like un, you know, fucking bizarrely suspicious of each other. And then they approached each other and were like, oh, I know you. You're not doing anything wrong. Because you're a pillar of the community, and you're a pillar of the community. Because we both care so much about the community. <laughs> Ugh. I wish there were. I wish it was. I wish they found someone that was doing some fucking criminal shit. Because what the fuck are you going to do about it? By the time you call the cops and they get there, they're fucking gone. You know? I mean, it's just. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of people acting like they're fucking superheroes. It's obnoxious. And then of course, because that's what and that's what it's all about. It's all about these what do we got here? 37 fucking comments. 37 comments of just being like, "You're so amazing. You're just so oh my god, you're just so great. You're, you know, I'm just so glad you shared this." beautiful moment about people in our town that cared so much and I cared so much and everybody cares so much. Let's have a big cry. Like I just want to vomit. And like, if there was a way I could actually just, should I just post a, like, can I post the fucking comment of a video of me just projectile vomiting from how just yuck, I find everything about this. I mean, this uh, it's uh, it's so terrible. It's just a big circle jerk. That's what it is. It's a big fucking. Oh, yeah, you care about the town. I'll fucking give you a couple of quick pumps. None of you really actually care about the town. You care about people caring that they think, you know, that you care about, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's all a big fucking ruse. Enough of this shit. It's a cesspool. This website, it, it this social media shit. It's not a website. Who goes on websites anymore? Gotta like, wrap this shit up. But I uh, <clears throat> figured since I started talking about the, uh one of the things going on in the mainstream comedy world, which is the uh, debut of that Carlin documentary, which, by the way, as I've already stated, is fantastic. Watch it. It's great. Um, We'll end on uh, the other shit going on in the world of comedy, which uh, there's a couple of things all happening at once, but they're all sort of interconnected. Uh Recently, John Mulaney was doing a uh show, I believe it was in Ohio, and uh he had a surprise guest, uh, no other than the uh great and one of my favorite comedians, uh, Dave Chappelle. And we know that Dave has uh been pretty loud and vocal uh about his thoughts on transgender uh the, just the transgender movement, community, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, um, listen, I, I watched Dave's last special. And I'll be honest, I wasn't blown away by it. I wasn't. Uh, normally, I I fucking love everything Dave puts out. And I just kind of. I didn't really like it because and I, I, I might even have said this on the pod a while ago, but. I didn't really like it because I felt like the entire special was just him trying to defend his previous specials, and that kind of sucks to me because I just want to—I just want to hear jokes. I want Dave to just be loose, Dave Chappelle doing whatever you know, whatever material he wants to do, and I don't want to sit here and question uh, a comedic fucking god like him because obviously. He's a thousand times more successful than I am and you know I I respect the shit out of him and I love his work and I will always love his work and he will always be one of my favorites. Um I just, you know, I just didn't really think it was that good of a special and it wasn't because he did so much trans uh jokes. It was just that I you know, it it it's beating a dead horse at a certain point like how much more of this do we have to just keep doing and doing? But now people are like pissed off at John Mulaney because Mulaney, you know, allowed Chappelle to do a set at his show. And it's just like, yo, if you're telling me you paid good money to see John Mulaney, and who's very funny in his own right, John Mulaney is a absolutely hysterical comedian uh and then you got to see dave chappelle too on the same night are you did you really are you really being like tortured like these people complaining about it which of course is always a small vocal minority because it matter matter of fact in one of the tweets that i saw uh it was the person said you know it was really hard because It was like 18,000 people laughing hysterically at what Dave was saying. And it's like, well, yeah, because they're jokes. And it's Dave Chappelle and he's he's a fucking master craftsman of the of the art of comedy. Like, so, of course, he could make that room laugh. Of course, he he's going to get laughs like because he's good at what he does. And, you know, you don't have to like him. You can have your own subjective opinion. But you know this idea that now what comedians can't do guest spots anymore is that where we're going there has to be like everything has to be like pushed through yeah, it's 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 bullshit is really what it is it's bullshit Mulaney allowed a friend to do a guest spot on his show it happens all of the time in comedy it's not some phenomenon and You know, you don't have to like Dave Chappelle. You don't have to like Dave Chappelle. You could have went to the bathroom during a set. You could have went and got something to eat or something to drink from the concession stand. You could have, you know, just fucking zoned out. You don't have to like him. You don't have to listen to him. But the reality is, is that he is a comedian and it was a comedy show. And uh, yeah, John Mulaney doesn't have to apologize for having him on. And John and Dave Chappelle shouldn't have to apologize for doing his job that's that's it you know you don't have to agree with every joke and it's hit the point of absurdity now where what it, we can't talk about we can't talk about movements going on in the world I mean wouldn't you say that if anything the more people talk about transgender people and transgender rights isn't that kind of bringing more attention to it it's bringing uh it's bringing it more to a national spotlight even if there is some off-color jokes in there it's still bringing some semblance of awareness to it in a way and it isn't that kind of what we want to isn't part of being accepted in society uh that you can be made fun of and mocked by the uh, you know, the comedians of the world, the uh, people that mock our society in general. I you know, I'm trying to sound too philosophical here, but I'm just, I'm just kind of getting sick and tired of everybody getting all up in arms over jokes. Cause now Ricky Gervais, he's got his special coming out and there's a one minute clip. Or he does a, a couple of jokes about transgender uh, people. And, you know, now, now they're mad about that. Somebody's always going to be mad. And as much as, you know, I don't want people to be uh, abused and I don't want everybody to be, you know, treated shittily or feel like they're uh, always the victim, yada, yada, yada. But... I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to want to, I don't want to live in a world where we tell comedians what they can and can't joke about. That is not the world in which, you know, good comedy thrives in. Comedy, good comedy thrives in a world where nothing is off limits. You allow people to flush things out. You allow people to take risks and there's definitely a risk in trying to uh make a transgender joke these days. There's no doubt there's risk. And it and there's de- and, you know there's people out there that just, you know, want to be edgy for the sake of being edgy. But I don't think that's the case when you're looking at somebody like a Dave Chappelle or a Ricky Gervais. Like I think these guys are professionals and they've been highly successful And they've been highly successful for a reason. And that's because they are able to, you know, uh, dissect our world in a way that is interesting and clever and funny. And I just, you know, I'm always going to be on the side of the comedian. I I admit that. But I'm just kind of getting sick and tired of the let's just, you know, attack them and make them apologize and that can never live it down, or, you know, they they don't deserve to be able to do shows or guest spots anymore. Like, stop it. And now we're. And the, I remember a couple of months ago, like, Patton Oswald took a picture with Dave Chappelle, and he got attacked, and then he did, like, this sad, half assed apology. And I love Patton Oswald. He's fucking hilarious. Dude's a great comic. But, like, this. He, like, fell into this trap of just, like, uh, capitulating to the mob sort of thing. And it just, it, it just doesn't work. Like you just gotta, you know, know who your friends are, do your own thing and, uh, keep on keeping on sort of speak, I guess, and block out the noise. Cause otherwise if we just start allowing every fucking Uh, keyboard fucking tough person because I don't want to gender it um, to decide what's allowed to be spoken about and what's not you know it's it's just gonna it's just a bad road to go down it's a slippery fucking slope that leads to less creativity and less funny comedians and Just an overall watering down of the craft. And that's not what it's supposed to be about. So, I mean, I'm not the type of guy who's going to get up there and be like, let me tell you what I think about LGBTQ. Like, you know, I I don't know. I'm not going to do that. But if somebody wants to try, they have the right to try. And because like Patrice O'Neill said, jokes whether they're good bad ugly mean soft whatever they all come from the same place they all come from the same place and that's to try to be funny it's to try to lighten the mood it's trying you know to try to fucking give us all a chuckle so we can get through you know the pains and the minutia and the the, the shittiness of life so instead of getting all fucking arping arms and saying that Netflix should take down all of Dave Chappelle's specials and Netflix should take down Ricky Gervais's special and John Mulaney should be held accountable for allowing Dave to show up to his show. How about you just consume what you like and don't consume what you don't like and ta-da, you'll feel better. You know, that's it. So there's my, uh, my deep philosophical thinking for the day. That's about as good as my brain can, good as my brain can work. See, I'm back to dumb, right back to dumb. I get something smart out there and then it goes right back to dumb. I got to get out of here. I got to get the work till next week, everybody.